Hello, folks. Welcome to another Archery Shack Shop Talk podcast. I'm Jeremy. I'm TJ. We're on number 37? I think so. Good God almighty. Thank you for watching. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you for watching our live feeds. We had some stickers that we uh, have sent out from our live feed, and we're looking at doing some t-shirts coming up and hats and all kind of different stuff with the Archery Shack logo on it. So stay tuned. If you hadn't watched the live feed yet, it's on Thursday night on YouTube only at 6.30. And also, if you need a set of bow strings, check out archeryshackstrings.com. We make custom strings, pre-stretch them, any color, any combination of colors, serving colors, whatever you want. Get on there, check them out. You can use the code. What is our code? I didn't forget. Uh, podcast 15. Podcast 15. It'll get you 15% off of our website there. And we'll be happy to help you however we can. Thank you to those that have already ordered. I've seen the code come through a few times. And we much appreciate it. Yep. We're here to talk about archery and bow hunting and shooting turkeys in the head and whatever <laughs> else we can come up with. But yeah. uh, it's been a weird turkey season. I guess the turkeys maybe have got the coronavirus. I don't have a clue. I, I ain't been. <laughs> I hadn't talked to a turkey. But and I, it's just it's a different type of turkey season because of this mess. But we uh, we're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. Had a lot of foot traffic in the shop today. Bows being worked on. A few things sold. Lots of bowstring orders. So very cool stuff. Hopefully we're getting out of the woods on this virus stuff. What do y'all think about our fancy purple light we got on our backdrop? <laughs> I was excited all day to turn this thing on, and it works off of some kind of remote. So I don't know if y'all are excited as I am, but on the screen over there, it looks pretty neat. Yep. Like we're at a Prince concert. So who has shot? I don't know what how the turkey seasons vary across the country, but most of them are probably happening now, I would think. Who is anybody watching Slade a Thunder Chicken? If you have, give us a. I don't. Can you? You can't post a picture in YouTube comments, can you? I don't think. I have no idea. Anyway, if you have, just let us know about it down in the comment section on YouTube. I'd be curious to know. I only know I hadn't been because of just a hundred things going on with all this stuff, but I only know of a few people that shot one, so it's definitely got everybody. In a different state of mind. Yeah. But well, speaking of posting pictures and stuff, there's a group on Facebook, and it is called Friends of the Archery Shack. And I have been meaning, I've had that group for a couple of years now, and I mean, there's some people in it, but I rarely post in there because I don't think about it. But I'm going to get me and TJ in there, and we're going to try to, if you get in there, we're going to try to do a little more interacting and picture posting. If you got you know, if you've shot a turkey or anything you want to put in there, go for it. It's called Friends of the Archery Shack. We'll do better to get on there and interact with people because I've had a few people say, how can we, you know, interact on social media? And like I say, I don't think you can do a whole lot on YouTube. So jump on Facebook and we'll do some stuff there. And we may even try to double live stream some stuff, not super soon, but at some point put it in that group and on YouTube at the same time and see how it works. But yeah. anyway... Um, check that group out. We'll do better to kind of get in there and post stuff. And to be honest with you, I kind of forgot about it. I mean, we just been I, so busy was, that when when Facebook groups first came out, 
big time, you know, which was yeah. about five, six years ago now. It was on, it was, it sent me a thing and it was like, we suggest that you start a, cause I had the Archery Shack business page. It was like, well, you should start Friends of the Archery Shack and link it to the business page. And I was like, okay, that sounds great. And I originally started it to be more of a conversation thing. You know, the business page is just like, all right, we got this bow in or we got that or we got this. And I thought this would be more of a, I can talk to people and that type of thing. And it kind of worked and we, I just never think about it. I don't But either. now that we got y'all watching, from all over the place, instead of just a small local crowd, you know, that we deal with all the time, it'd be a good place for people to post pictures and questions and whatever. So, yep. friends of the Archery Shack. And it's got that same, on it's, it's the same green looking logo thing as it is on YouTube. It should be easy to find. but And I don't think there's a bunch of people in there, maybe like a hundred or something. So, yeah, check it out. If you got whatever you want to post, go for it. Just don't, you know. Don't get naked or nothing. <laughs> we'll have to moderate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, on our live feed Thursday night, we got to talking about some errors and everything. And oh, uh, Zach Holmes, he was on there and um, actually had an email from him about aluminum errors, which we hardly talk about anymore. Aluminium. So you know, he's like. He's asking, what are our thoughts on aluminum errors? He's been shooting them for 20 years. He said he's at, he's got a bunch of his buddies telling him, you know, he needs to switch over to carbon. And he said that, you know, he says that it is, let's see, proofread this a little bit. They're inexpensive, very straight, and they shoot well for him. He said, so what's the advantages of switching? And I think he left another comment that i seen and said try to change his mind i don't think he needs to change his mind at all no i mean aluminums have worked for a long time and mm-hmm. i mean the only downfall to aluminum is you can warp them you know what i yep. mean that's it that's pretty much it that i can and they're you know on in general probably a little heavier but that's not a bad thing so aluminum away yeah i don't Unless you just want to switch to carbon, there. Yeah. Let's I mean. talk about. I've seen some contankering on this on uh, online. People talking about how tight you should put on the D loop, and not to go down a big rabbit trail, <laughs> but I've said it in some of my videos before. You know, if you really get those loop, those Viper loop pliers or whatever, and you hammer that thing down as tight as you can get it. It is going to dig into the servant. Yep. No matter, I don't care what machine or whatever puts it on there. And I'm talking about like really bearing down, not just snugging it up. I mean, like if you hammer them things in there, it's, it's going into the servant. And then the problem that arises is if your peep is not, well, two problems. If your peep is not perfectly aligned, you know, sometimes you got to maybe grab that loop and twist it a sixteenth of a turn to make that peep perfect. You can't really do that. And it's going to wear that loop directly into the string material. And if you ever got to change that loop out, your center serving shot, you got to completely reserve it and all that. That's yep. why I tie those little inner knocking points. You watch those videos, put the loop on and I take needle nose and, and get it tight, but I could still, it's not dug in tight. Somebody was asking about that one time and I don't think I brought it up, but that's pretty much my thinking on that. Um, you want it snug, but you don't want it dug into the serving snug in my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, there's a, 97% of people put a loop on and never change it until they change their string and you wouldn't really, it would, you'd be fine. But if, if for some reason your loop got worn or you change rest or whatever and you need to change that loop out and it's dug in, you're going to be reserving that center serving. 
Yeah. And I mean, different materials are better than others, you know. But anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up because somebody was talking about it. We got some crossbows in. We've got um, several bear models that came in. And honestly, for the money, what is it, the Intense? Yeah, the Intense. I think it's like 10 inches cocked axle to axle. I don't know the rest of the specs on it without. It's 14 inches uncocked, 10 inches cocked. It's pretty speedy. Um, but 400 feet per second. It, it, it retails for what, 400 bucks? Yeah, it comes with the the Bear X uh, scope on it, which has, uh, it's got the illuminated reticle in it, so you can change it to red or green for those early morning or late evenings if you need a little extra light or something. You reach over there and flip it. It's got, I think, up to six brightness settings on each one, green and red, and comes with three bolts. Uh, now, I never, I didn't put the batteries in none of them because, you know, in case a customer come in, got tinkering with it, left left it on, killed the battery. So it happens all the time. Yeah. So, but other than that, for four hundred bucks, that ain't a bad. But yeah, they've came along. I mean, used to a four hundred dollar crossbow was a piece. This is pretty fancy. Mm-hmm. Pretty fancy. Another thing I want to talk about, where did Scott get that lens from that was 40 bucks? Uh, Optics. What, Optics 300, I think it was. I think it was Optics300.com or maybe it was Optics300 on Facebook. But anyway, he needed a lens for his scope. And they were on there. I had seen them. I said, look this place up. I heard about them. So he ordered one. And for $40, I mean, it may not be a feather vision, but it don't look bad. You know what I mean? No, it didn't. I'm not. We're not. I don't, you know, I hate to tell you to go there and they pay a piece of junk, but from the one that we've had in the shop for forty dollars, it's a hell of a deal. Yeah. Um, and they got different sizes and all that, but I think you can get two, four, six, eight power and then all kind of different diameters. But yeah, they, I meant to bring that up on the live feed. I was pretty impressed with that for forty bucks. I mean, yeah, you look. It come at, in a nice little tin that uh, the, yeah had a screw cap on it, and you're looking at at least double that normally. Yeah, if not triple. But, I was impressed. Uh, if I needed one from a hunting bow or something like that, I'd definitely try them out. Oh yeah, we might if we continue to play with them or whatever. We'll let you know if anything changes. But so far, so good. Um, I know you know we kind of get talking about you know questions we get in the shop and everything, but this is one we get we're starting to get a lot more, and we've kind of touched on this on other podcasts, but uh. Joe wants to know, are there any pros or cons for a limb-driven versus a cable-driven rest for deer hunt or for hunting in general? I would say the only con to a limb-driven would be you got that big old... You got the cord. ...cord that you... But I say this, but at the same time, if you're going to hit that cord with a broadhead or something, you're going to hit your strings and cables. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not like it's... But, you know, if the cord stretches, you can tighten it up on the spot. And then a, a cable-driven, we talked about this last week, The uh, the uh if the string stretches a little bit, it can throw your rest timing off and then throw your arrows off and all that. A limb-driven, even if that cord falls off, which is not, it's going to be locked in the up position. You could technically still shoot it that way. Yeah. So I don't know. I, other than out of all that talk from last week, I guess the biggest thing would be the cable driven, if the cord stretches and it comes up too late, you can start having arrow trouble. And every now and then somebody will come in, you know, I've set this up two years ago, all of a sudden my fletching are hitting 
And the first thing I'll do if I go back here to the paper tuner is I'll pull that cord through like an eighth of an inch. And 90% of the time, we got a bullet hole again. It's just that cord stretching. But, uh, I mean, you know, touch on the con, on the limb driven, you do have that longer cord on there. So, if you are walking through some thick stuff or you're yeah, spot and stalk, yeah. I can see it getting caught. Um but I could also see it depending on how you run it because most of them you can run top or bottom now. Yeah. Um, if you run the top, you may have a little bit of issues with your quiver or depending on what site you run, something like that, just kind of being in the way. Because I know with the, some of the quivers, they fit so flush against the bow now almost that you know I could see it kind of being in the way a little bit. But I think mine... On my hunting bow, I think mine's run off the bottom. But I have a pretty clear path to where my deer stand is. Yeah. And I really don't have to worry about it. But I could probably see, you know, if I had to walk through some thick stuff or I could see it maybe snagging, but I don't see it popping off. Yeah. So um, that's a personal preference, but I've kind of, I made the switch over to limb driven uh last year i think it was or two years ago and i ain't looked back from the cable driven stuff i just i don't know i think it it's simpler it's easy you could work on it in the field a lot easier without a bow press but here's something i was thinking about the other night and i thought i'd bring it up how much do you think bow and archery sales in general are swayed by these celebrity bow hunter people. And why by, by celebrity I mean like, you know, Levi Morgan, Joe Rogan, Cameron Haynes, um, you know, John yep. Dudley, whoever. Uh Bone Collector Boys, yeah. Michael Waddell, Nick Munt, Tra- Travis T. Bone Turner, um, Kip Campbell on Red Air. I'm trying to think of some of the hunting shows. You're you're very swayed by them. Because <laughs> I don't know none of those people. But Well Well I, everybody knows Bone Collector Boys. I um I didn't think it was that much until Levi left Elite, and it seemed like Elite just kind of fell off the map for a little bit there. So, But are we talking tournament shooter versus – Well, bo- both, both really. I don't know. I'd be – I mean, there's no – without looking at some major company like Hoyt or somebody, or PSE would – I'd love to see PSE's numbers – after the Dudley bow was released, you know what I yeah. mean? I'd love to just know. I mean, I know it's been a very popular bow, but I just, I'd love to see that. Yeah. And I'd love to see Hoyt after he left, mm-hmm. you know, and used to, I was always like, oh, those people, they don't, nobody gives a shit. But I think they do a lot more than I thought they did. Well, I know me and you had that discussion when, cause you know, when Levi was with Elite, first ASA I ever went to. I mean, that's all we seen was blue and white jerseys. Yeah, everywhere. And then, you know, we kind of the it was rumored then. So when when he was going back to Matthews, it was all rumored. There wasn't no truth behind it at that point. And I remember me and you having that discussion, like, and I said, well, I think they might kind of slide a little bit, and just because, you know, my thinking was he sort of put them on the map. Everybody likes their bows. You know, they're going for the most part but i don't think i was right i think they it was a major switch you know yeah. elite makes a great bow but i yeah, think they, they i think that hurt when he left and then 
I think PSE's about to have some great years because Dudley went to them. Uh, not that they hadn't had great years before. I'm just saying I think that's going to bring a lot of people to PSE that was previously not with PSE. Yeah. And then uh, – Well, was it ever confirmed that he went to Spot Hole? I forgot to look. I, 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 I seen somebody say he did, and I forgot to look. I, I did. I'm going to dig while we're talking here just to see if I find anything. But, yeah, I'd be interested in that too. I mean – I hadn't watched none of the hunting shows on TV, and I couldn't tell you when. Um, I was watching Pigman there for a little bit, so Pigman's another one. He's with PSE now. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you got, uh, I don't know if they changed their name, but uh, Leah and Tiffany Lukoski on The Crush. I don't know if it's still called The Crush or not. Um Trying to think of ones that I see pop up on Facebook a good bit. I was just digging here. I don't know. But, yeah, I'd be interested to see how many people are persuaded by bows, by what they see on TV or I, in a magazine on the advertisement. I feel like one thing that we have seen is used to red, as far as string orders go for us, red and black was it. I mean, it was red and black, red and black, red and black. And I do feel like when John Dudley started coming around, I was always a flow green man because green is my favorite color. And all the way back into the long time ago, that's the color I would run. But it's all of a sudden, when Dudley kind of became popular with the knock-on stuff, I feel like we started doing a lot of more solid green and green and black stuff. And now it's definitely, that's our most popular color of the past probably two years at least is flow green and black uh yeah also it started kicking up about the time that uh michael waddell and all them started bone collector that's true too so it could be a couple of different things i forgot about that well actually it might have started when he did uh real tree road trips um so about that time frame right before he went out with bone collectors and i think they still did real tree road trips for a couple of years after that i don't know if real tree road trips is out there or not but okay so here is john dudley I, I couldn't find anything by googling it but one day ago here he is one of his bows with a spot hog side on it okay so i mean that, i don't know if you'd say that's a definite confirm but that is 100 percent i mean we'll keep looking probably a fast eddie xl or a hog father here's another one with his bow with a yeah, yeah. He tagged Spot Hog in it with a Fast Eddie XL, so I would say he is definitely a Spot Hog man. Yeah, that's him. So I guess he's with Spot Hog. I am. That's a good thing. Spot Hog was already a big. I mean, as far as a single pin, that's what everybody wants. You know, the Fast Eddie uh, or Fast Eddie XL for the most part. Now that he's with them, I, the, what I had read before and I can't find it now was that it was rumored he was working with them to come up with like a Dudley site or whatever, a yeah. knock-on site. So that'll be cool. That'll be cool, and it'll do good things for them. Oh yeah. Um, I know him working with Carter and coming out with the his version of the releases has been neat to see, and they're expensive, but they're good releases. Carter's always been a good, solid release. His, his is what the knock to it and the silverback. Silverback. I've messed with one of them at a, somewhere. I had never like had one and shot it with my personal bow, but and then he's got his own stabilizers out. 
I can't remember what they're called. I don't know who's making them or if he's making them or what, but I seen uh, when I was on Facebook, uh, YouTube the other day, it popped up. He was doing a bow build or something, so I just clicked on it for about 10 minutes, and he had the, those stabilizers and all his usual stuff, but I think he's a good one for the sport of archery because he yeah. explains stuff good. Uh, he he talks too slow for me. I want to be like, just say it. Just say what you're going to say, but uh, – He's, I mean, it's a good, he's a well-rounded, he's done it all type of guy. So yeah. there's really nobody in archery as far as like a big name that I hate. You know what I mean? Like there's, I can't think of anybody that I'm like, I just can't stand them. Yeah. But. We did get some good news for local people, I reckon. But um, here in about three weeks, we might actually get to go shoot an archery tournament. It's going to be wild. So. Uh, Grundan sixty nine asked, "Can you talk about judging distance on three D targets?" We can. Um, as far as the procedure, don't be giving away none of our secrets. Yeah, we carry a rangefinder. <laughs> <laughs> as far as secrets go, um, you know, in my days of mainly judging, I would always walk up, just get my first gut feeling that that target all right it's 42 yards and usually if i just go with that i'd be pretty close but then according to like the ground and all that i'd do my little swaying back and forth and if i do that i can find pretty much the the middle point to the target and then i'll say all right well that's definitely 20 yards so then should i say that it's 40 instead of 41 and then sort of my third thing is i'll look beside the target if there's like a tree or something beside the target i'll look at it because sometimes the target size or if it's light or dark going to the target or vice versa it can it can mess with you and i always kind of keep that in the back of my head but i'll look at a tree or something beside it and say all right i can confirm that definitely looks 40 yards you know and then i also if i'm judging yardage i'm gonna go outside and i'm gonna do all kind of different tests of like if I say it's 40, and I'm going to do extreme tests for the most part, if, if I think it's 40 and it's actually 35, how? in other words, how much play have I got on the 10 ring? How much can I be off? You know what I mean? And what I used to do was keep a notebook. I'd just go out through the woods and look at different trees and judge, 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 judge. And used to, I would always judge two yards too far. So I would even, uh, if we had a range set up out here, before we would go shoot an unknown shoot, I'd run through it real quick with just a rangefinder and, and stand in different spots and guess. And it yep. almost always, for me, seemed I would guess two yards too far. So when I'd get to the shoot, I just knew, guess it, take two yards off, and it worked for me most of the time. But it definitely helps to get out there and judge some stuff. And then, you know, I know Tab was bad several times. They got that field... And they would put targets in the field, but you'd be shooting from the woods. So you'd be in a real dark area into a real bright area, and it would mess with you big time. And then also Tab and Kiwi, where we shoot, they got some hills and stuff. And, you know, you, you might be shooting up or downhill. And Tab, they got that one big section with like a big gully, so you yeah. can't even see the ground to the target. So it's pretty much a look at it and guess type of a situation. But that's pretty much it for me. My biggest trouble was between... A little over, according to, like, if I was shooting a 50-yard type of class, I could judge pretty good out to about 40. But you get a little bit past 40 out to 50, and I'm, I'm like, really, like, that 45, 6, 7-yard mark, I was like, man. 
and then I could always tell if they put it maxed out at 50. I'd be like, no doubt, that's all the way out there. That's 50. But if it was like that mid-40 range, I'd be like, man, this is tearing my nerves up. But that's pretty much all I got my, for it. My biggest thing is is go with your first number. Yeah. I mean, we shot the team shoot at the R100 that second year. Um, and it was it was a 10-target shoot. It was one of my favorite things we've done because it was uh, – how did it – did you count both of our scores? Yeah, I think – Yeah, did. you counted both scores. What I, so, like, I'd step up and be like <clears> – <throat> we'd talk about it. We think this is 45, and I'd be like, listen, I'm going to dial her to 45 and shoot center 10. So I'd make that shot, and then I could tell, you know, if we were dead on, I'd be like, all right, TJ, you shoot for the 12. Yeah. Or if I knew I was a yard or two all hot or whatever, I could be like, change it to 47 and drill it. But, but, you know, with that, me and you shot together for so long that we kind of know each other's equipment on yeah. what to do. And, you know, but go with your first, you know, your first gut instinct oh, yeah. on your number. They had that, what was it, that buffalo. It was out there. The first, They put it, that was the first target. And that joker was 50, right at, I mean, 50 yards on the nose. Yeah. Well, what they forgot to tell us was it wasn't center 12s. It was all lower 12s on them. And the rest of the shoot was center 12s. So, you know, I led off that target, and I said, well, I'm on, I, I'm pretty positive that's 50 yards. I said, so I'm going to aim center 12. And I released air, and Jeremy's looking through the binos. He's like, man, we high-fiving. You drilled that 12. <laughs> we got up there, and it's a perfect center 10. And I'm like, oh, crap. Yep. So, um, mm-mm-mm. So, yeah, just your first number is always the best used, number. Yeah, because I'd always get into trouble with with guessing yardage. I'd, I'd do all my little techniques, dial her in, pull it back, and then I'd start – when I get to full draw, I'm like, man, this this thing's leaning back a little bit, I think. Or I might – what if I'm two yard? And then I'd start – I'd be like, well, I'm going to aim top of this or bottom of that, and then it'd always get me in trouble. But yeah. uh, that's that's it. That's And then if, if you really get into, like, the pro level, they all say – you need the exact like ASA for example. They yeah. they all have the exact range at their house, so they they know the size of the target, what it looks like in light and dark and woods and field. They really uh, spend some time working on it. But and I miss judging yardage. But around here, there's I, just really there's not enough. Nobody wants to shoot yeah. unknown. So we we had one little club pop up a few years ago. And it was all unknown. And I was like, this is neat to shoot on the side, kind of, and go somewhere where it's still unknown, but it didn't last long. But No. Um, you know, the biggest thing is, too, is just get out in the yard, take your rangefinder, or get in the woods, and just pick mm-hmm. a spot and guess, and yep. then hit it with a rangefinder. Yep. I mean, that's... Like I say, I had a little notebook. I'd do that yeah. 50 times every other day or whatever and I, I each day i'd be like all right I'm, I'm consistently off two yards or i'm consistently off one yard or three yards or whatever and then i'd just use that to my advantage when we went and shot but heck yeah the old known versus unknown debate i know some people want to fight about it but we don't <laughs> no. we, we had that one shoot and uh everybody wanted or not everybody one guy mainly wanted to shoot you know, let's do an unknown shoot. And we tried it and I advertised it and like one or two people showed up. And we were like, nope. Yeah. Not today. We figured out on the live feed, if y'all were watching, 
about the super chat we had people emailing in we greatly appreciate y'all and there was y'all were saying how can we support you and uh of course we've always had the archery shack strings.com if you need a bowstring but we figured out on a live feed there's a super chat button at the bottom near the chat and you can send in a dollar or two and we got our very first super chats of our lives yeah we did it was it was neat thank y'all that sent in a couple bucks to support us i believe and, uh, it i believe it was muddy ducks atv was the first one it was i was like holy smoke somebody sent in some money <laughs> but uh that's pretty pretty fancy and like i'd said on the live chat i think you can only do it on the live chat but uh we, we'll use that money to sort of first of all help buy stuff like our purple lights muddy ducks help buy us a purple light <laughs> and yeah. uh get this thing a little more fancy and also down the road maybe help us do some like tests with broadheads and stuff when we have to buy that type of thing so yeah for our videos so we appreciate that um i was gonna say something else oh i was gonna say and hopefully on this online store coming up maybe in the next month or so we'll get some t-shirts and hats and all that and that'll help us out too so yep some shoelaces <laughs> and i don't know about that but and take the well tj we could go buy some dollar shoelaces and you could just write on their archery shot <laughs> <laughs> they might not be able to read my handwriting let's talk about measuring a bowstring a lot of people have questions about how they're measured um so without taking you back there we got we've talked about the process before they're laid out they're put under tension they're stretched before they're twisted they're stretched while they're twisted after they're twisted while the servant's being put on and after the servant's being put on and then they relax for a little bit and then we've got a machine that puts 100 pounds on them with a pneumatic cylinder and you measure inside of loop quarter inch pin to inside the loop and then we put a tie strap through them zip tie whatever you want to call it and then they're perfect according to the manufacturer but I've had some questions lately about what if I need to put a twist or two in it. That's fine. A couple twists is normal. But uh, for instance, Hoyt bus cables, by their tune chart or their spec sheet, always seem to be about a sixteenth too long. And I notice when I put on a lot of Hoyt cables, even though we have measured to the exact thousandth, I'll have to put about two twists in them. That's just normal. I, just, I know that's going to happen. Matthews, a lot of their cables... Uh, by their tune chart is a smidgen long and i have to put a couple twists in but everybody's a little persnickety on how they're they're doing their stuff but according to the amo standard it's a quarter inch pin on 100 pounds and that's how we measure them somebody had asked me that the other day and i said let me clarify um i think what it, what it came up was somebody got a set and he's like i'm running the tape measure down it and it's it was coming up like a quarter inch short and i was yeah. like well it definitely should be that way because it's, it hasn't got that 100 pounds on it, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, you take, say, a solo cam, a single cam string, let's say 100 inches, and it's just sitting there, and then you put just 100 pounds on it. Now, we put 400 pounds when we stretch them to try to get all that mess out of them, but when we measure them, we put 100. I mean, you're looking at round about, you know, a three-eighths of an inch, quarter to three-eighths of an inch difference in 100 pounds on it, and it just sitting there. So yeah. I just thought I would mention that because somebody was asking, but anyway had a crossbow come in today had a recurve come in today um actually let me talk about the recurve guy come in and said he had bought it off the internet or whatever and 
he didn't know why his bow it's a couple different things he said but he didn't know why his bow had got louder and it started hitting him on the on the wrist and what had happened was he left it strung and so the string stretched you know it's a factory i mean honestly it don't matter who makes it a recurve string is usually made out of uh, especially on a cheaper one is made out of b55 uh, or b50 and it's a Dacron. I know that don't mean anything to you, but it's a stretchy material, and it's yeah. meant to be that way to protect the limb tips and all this stuff we don't need to get into. But he had left it strung and stretched out, so we unstrung it. I put about 10 twists in it. Perfect. So if you play with a recurve any, you know, you can play with that brace height. And I was telling him, you know, the longer the brace height, typically the uh, quieter it'll be. And you can play with string silencers and all that. The shorter, the faster, but it also you're going to get into that. If you get it too short, it's going to start hitting that hand or that wrist. So Yeah. The recurves. Which we've seen a big kind of in, jump in interest on recurves in the last year. I need to do better about keeping. We don't have much of any. Well, we got one little section of traditional stuff, but I need to do better about keeping traditional stuff in here because yeah there's there's more interest than you would think in in the recurve community and then we had the guy come in they didn't know what they wanted to shoot oh yeah that one that one was a little bit of one to she had a recurve and she wanted, and it, you know, it was drilled and tapped for sights and, you know, a plunger rest or, a, uh, yeah, a plunger rest or anything. And <clears throat> she kept saying that she wanted, she wanted to put a sight and, you know, all this on there. And I'm like, so I got to ask, I was like, are you just starting out or, you know, or are you wanting to stick with the recurve, but go towards the Olympic style? And she's like, and so I brought up a picture and showed her, and she's like, yeah, that's what I want. And, you know, she's like, I want the whole nine yards, the sight, the, the V-bars, long stabilizer. And she picked up one of our Trophy Ridge uh, front and back bar, and I told her, I said, that will work, but it's not I, it's not what you need if you're wanting to go down that road of Olympic recurve. And I think what – I was better making strangers listening. I think what she didn't understand was – even with a nice Olympic recurve, you're going to have two grand in it. You know what I mean? By the time you buy slide bars and V bars and arrows and, you know, you can have, you have a chunk in it still. Yeah. And then, you know, we got into, she, I'm like, well, do you plan on sticking with recurve or you want to go to the compound side or what? And I really think that she, she, she was a newbie and she'd been shooting for maybe a month or two, but, she really didn't know which way she wanted to go because no, none of the shops that she visited had a a compound that would go down far enough on the draw weight, which, you know, we we don't either. I sold the last one uh, the day before. Yeah, I thought, and because of the COVID, we can't yeah. get none for another couple of weeks, which sucks. Yeah. It is what it is. So, um, but they, I mean, they were nice people and everything, but. I don't think that they really realized how much it was going to cost to get into that side of it. Yeah, I think people just think recurve, hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, not, and that's the truth. If you buy the cheapest, you know, if you get like a Samick Sage with cheap stuff, and that's fine if you're playing in the yard, or you, I mean, you could kill a deer with it. But mm-hmm. she's wanting to go Olympic with a hundred fifty dollar <laughs> setup, and ain't going to happen. 
think she had a uh, galaxy. Mm. So, in which, I mean, yeah, we could have put a sight. We could have put just a little old short or a little bit longer stabilizer on the front of it. But for what she was wanting to do or how she how she had it in her mind she wanted to do, I just wasn't, you know, this is where I could have been a salesman and just sold them all this stuff. But I'm like, no, you need to step back and think before you start putting this kind of money into this. I said, because this is not what you need if you're wanting to go that route. Yeah. So, um, that was when it was pouring down rain the other day. I feel like my stomach's about to growl. Uh oh. Maybe not. <laughs> about time for some something. But uh, what else crazy's happened? We hadn't had any good bow explosions lately. No, we hadn't had any more crossbows come in, cocked and busted limbs. And I did a. This video hadn't come out. I don't know when it'll come out, but I had messed with a left-handed bow on like 72 pounds the other week and i hurt my dang shoulder shooting that thing and it wasn't bad but that the night that i had worked on it like i woke up in pretty bad shoulder pain and i was like ooh. so yesterday <laughs> me and tj decide it might be best if we go play some golf i guess we both know we ain't worth a shit <laughs> but uh my about the second time i hit that shoulder started hurting again luckily today it's fine i'm not even really like which you'd say sore. I thought I would be hurting today, but we uh, we're definitely not golfers. <laughs> I think as long as I could hit off the women's tee and hit a nine iron, I think I'd be okay. But as far as a driver, I suck with a driver. Everybody tells me how to fix it, and I do it, and it still don't work. I've so. always been like, I can get them to go out there, but I can't exactly tell you <laughs> where they're gonna go. I know which way mine's going to go. It might start out straight for a little bit, and then all of a sudden it's going to rocket to the right. TJ hit an elderly lady on her swing behind her house. <laughs> We're sorry, Kimberly. We did not mean to take out your leg. Um, and supposedly that was one of them self-correcting uh, balls. So Scott went with us. This is probably my favorite part of the trip. <laughs> he said, "He said I bought these off Amazon. They are guaranteed to go straight. What ju he handed me one. And I hit it, and it went pretty well, straight or whatever. He threw it to me first, but, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I don't really know if this is going to be one of them when you hit it, it explodes or yeah. what happens. So I said, here, Jeremy, you hit it first. It zoomed. TJ, and I'm thinking, and it's, it was just luck, you know what I mean? Because I don't know where they're going to go. It was just <laughs> luck that I hit it good. TJ hits that sucker, and it goes straight for about 100 yards, and then that thing said, <laughs> it was like a meteor coming out of space. And I told him, I said, there is a, I hadn't played over in a couple of years, but I said, there's a house over there. And so we go barreling down through there, and there is the lady on her back porch, no, nothing over her head, swinging, looking at us like, you sons of bitch. And uh, I was like, TJ's like, let's just roll on out, son, roll on out. I'll take a drop. So anyway, we're probably not um, what you'd say golfers, but at least it was something to do. It was fun. I'm going to do it again. Oh, yeah. We need to go to the driving range. Yeah, we need to go. I'm more of a putt-putt man. <laughs> Me too. If we'd have had a windmill to shoot through or something, <laughs> I'd have probably excelled. But anyway, we tried We tried golf. We went about 10 years ago. Yeah. And had about the same luck. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think that back then I might have hit the ball a little bit straighter with a driver. But now, I don't know. It's It's something. Anyway, we just wanted – we can't go shoot an archery tournament, so we was like, 
Well, but, Scott was the one who kept saying, let's go play golf, let's go play golf, but we did. Well, my little brother is, he is hooked on this golf stuff, and I mean, he's actually gotten really good, so hopefully, it probably won't be this evening, but hopefully tomorrow evening, I'm going to get out there with him and say, all right, watch how I do this, Need and some, yeah. get some coaching going. I feel like if I got serious about it, I'd be pissed because i you know <laughs> if i really really wanted it to go where i wanted it to go and i knew i wouldn't i don't know i'd just be i'd be ill about it well but golf and archery is kind of the same thing maybe maybe i need to watch some instructional video <laughs> next week will be archery or golf shack <laughs> shop talk we definitely ain't quitting our day jobs to go play golf that's no, for sure <laughs> might be good anyway we'll keep y'all posted on that yeah but Maybe we ought to try cornhole next. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> Maybe like TV watchings or something sport. Yeah. Man, be I, like a buddy squirrel. <laughs> we got a guy that comes out here. I don't think he's listening, but if you are, we call him Squirrel. What's up? Um, and this joker about a year, year and a half ago decided to take up cornhole pretty competitively, and that joker's then been we. Wasn't long his wife had posted, hey, we in somewhere Columbia, South Carolina, and they were on TV. So we bring him up on ESPN <laughs> 8 or whatever we watching, and there's Squirrel yep. slinging them bags. And I was like, good Lord. So he's won a good – he's got good at it, but he's practiced yeah. a lot. He's yeah, he won has. a good bit of money at it. So I had – I told one Saturday we were slow last year in the summer, and I was like, TJ, somewhere out yonder in the barn, <laughs> I have got an old junk plastic set of cornhole boards. I'm getting them out. <laughs> now, to our – whatever these were not re- they're not regulation size yeah. they're about half the size of what they need to be but we put yeah. them things out there and could not hit nothing yeah but they're plastic and they're wobbly like we'd hit them and it bounce them it go <laughs> boom like a trampoline and throw them off but um i need to get a regulation board I, well i don't need to get nothing we don't need to be golfing we don't need to be cornholing we need to stick to what we know but uh anyway well we gotta broaden our horizons squirrel has made some money on the uh cornhole he locally he's really great yeah you know and then like on the national stuff i think he's about mid-pack but the joker ain't playing no i tried to get him to come on a podcast one time he's like oh no yeah so people freak out about doing this for whatever reason i don't know everybody freaks out about being on camera or especially when we shoot we want to start on this podcast having two or three people that we call in just just a little quick three to five minute chat would y'all be interested in that? If so, I mean, we're not going to call you next week, but if you think it would be neat, put it in the comments. I'd be curious to know, like, you know, what if we had two or three people and we just text them the day before and be like, hey, we, we might talk about crossbows, you know. You want us to chat with you? Yeah, okay. So then we'd, we'd somehow plug it into this soundboard thing and call them up and chat for a few minutes. And it wouldn't be just one guy for 45 minutes. We could BS and call them, call somebody else. Yeah, calling a pizza, whatever. But uh, <laughs> let us know what you think about that idea. We're just trying to change it up, keep it interesting, and uh, see how that goes. We do have. A, I'm just looking up here. There's a in the shop. If you've been in here, there's a neon PSE sign that they gave me a couple of years ago. And Bear is sending us some kind of fancy light up sign. Hopefully, it'll come in. I can't wait to see what it looks like. We need more neon neon get it smoky in here <laughs> get some joe diffie playing rest in peace joe and uh and then we're gonna hit the little switch on the remote and get them to strobing mm-hmm. 
I'm excited about these lights. They were $5 a piece, and they came with a dang remote, and you it's got like 12 different colors. You can change them, so we might have a different color every week. Y'all can guess the color. <laughs> I guess we run out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> I think we did. We, we, <laughs> we on didn't talk about golf. Anyway, thank y'all for watching. Uh, again, our usual schedule, if you're new, hit the subscribe button. Our usual schedule is Sunday. Usually it's either a tune-in video, a product review, or us going to shoot type of video. It comes out at 9 o'clock Sunday evening. Tuesday, our podcast comes out early Tuesday morning at 6. And then Thursday evening at 6.30, we go live on YouTube for about, well, we started at 20 and 30 minutes. Lately, we've been going about an hour. Cause, yeah. But it's cool because it's, it's interactive and people get in there and thank y'all and ask questions and talk about whatever y'all want to talk about. So hop on there. And like I say, we'll have some information about T-shirts and stuff coming up. Yep. And uh, so that's our schedule. Hit the subscribe button. We got a bunch of videos out about different bows, tuning them and this, that, and other. But we'll get off here and leave y'all be, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one. See y'all.